I enjoy watching Below Deck because I like seeing all different cultures, places, languages, people. You can see the land, you can see the sea, you can see the yacht. So I'm really glad I discovered this show on Bravo because it has given me so many different perspectives. I also feel like I'm traveling since I was watching it during COVID. Today, 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 I'm seriously really excited because I cannot believe she said yes to come on the show. We got Jenna. I'm serious. Why are you laughing? Below deck sailing yacht on the show. So, people of the world, are you ready to know Jenna so much more better than what the TV portrayed? Because we all know they all love the editing. They all love the editing. And I hear a loud yes. So, I'm just going to get started. Jenna, how's it going? Welcome to the show. How have you been since the Below Deck Sailing Yacht Show ended. Well, I've been pretty awesome, honestly. It's been quite a while since the show ended, especially with filming. The filming was so long ago, um, and yeah, I guess some people are just watching it for the first time, but it's been quite a while um, for me, so I've been pretty good. Lots has been going on. Been doing lots of traveling, and yeah, just enjoying life every day. Ooh, are you in Canada? No, I'm in the States right now. Where in the States? Uh, Florida. Oh, wow. A lot of people are in Florida. Sierra is in Florida. Um, Sierra here. Do you hang out? Wait, she's in the Bahamas right now. I saw it on her Instagram. Yeah, she, is she? Uh, she works on boats and stuff, so she's uh, cruising around a bit. And uh, her and I saw each other in Fort Lauderdale couple months ago now and um yeah we just we run into each other sometimes and Sierra is actually I'm quite close to Sierra she's uh oh. one of my favorites so we get along quite well and I see her when I can you mentioned that you have been traveling where have you been traveling well, I was working on uh, a boat, so I mean, yeah, for the past, uh, I'm trying to think of when the show ended. I guess it, I mean, it finished filming in 2019 and uh, finished airing in 2020. So since then, I've been working on, I mean, I worked on a boat in Spain. Um, I traveled all around Canada last summer. Uh, I'm in the States now. I was working on a boat. We were in Newport and, um, yeah, back in Florida for a bit. And then I'm going to Canada. I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks. So, uh, I know it's probably not the best when it's COVID times, but I'm fully vaccinated. So I don't know. Are you Canadian? I am. Yep. And so you are in Florida right now because you're working on a boat. What does that mean? Because I... Are you are you a chief stew right now? Um, I was. I just actually left that position. Uh, I did it for a bit, and then uh, I left because I'm actually pursuing some other avenues that I can't get into right now. But oh man, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear about it soon enough. Okay. Yeah. So, have you worked on a sailing yacht before? 
Um, I didn't work on a sailing yacht, but I've been sailing on private boats. I was in Indonesia on a um, catamaran, and I was in Mexico on a sailboat um, for leisure. So not working, but having fun. <laughs> what attracted you to the experience of working on a sailing yacht? Oh, I'm easy. I mean, uh, yachting is like motorboat or sail yacht. It's kind of the same to me. It's... Um, it's pretty good with both, so I'm happy to do either. And uh, the sailing community is pretty cool sometimes. I think it draws in the people that are um, really happy and passionate about something like sailing. So it's it brings in those passions more than motor yachts, I think, sometimes. But both are awesome. How did you get started with, with becoming a chief steward, becoming involved with yachting? Um, so I was actually in Barcelona, ah. and uh, I had a friend of mine from Australia, and ah. her friend was an engineer on a yacht, and he was telling us about it. And being from Canada, I just honestly never even thought about yachting. And yeah. so when I started, I started as a junior stew and then worked my way up. And um, yeah, I'm definitely a type A person. So I ended up going, being a chief too, because I like to, um, you know, be in charge and uh, take charge of things and organize and do all that stuff. So I kind of got into it pretty naturally. Um, some people are more geared towards, you know, being the boss and some people like to not have that um, uh, kind of stress. What are the steps to become a chief stew? What certification, what school do we need to go to? Um, okay, so for everyone going into yachting, you start off and you have to do a course called STCW, and that's a basic course that does, um, like, first aid, firefighting, all that kind oh. of stuff. You need that to work on any boat. It's a prerequisite to work on a boat, and then you need to have a medical certificate. Um, and then once you have that, you start as a junior stewardess, typically. And Is that third stew? Um, well, I okay, so in the below deck community, okay, it's always that it's the same amount of yacht crew, but I've worked on um, 300 foot yachts and there's like 42 crew, so there's much more than three stews, right? So it's like you might have nine or ten people on the interior team, so you're not it doesn't run necessarily then they would work like purser which does all the administrative stuff all the accounting all that kind of stuff then you have a chief stew then you have second stew then you have third stew then you have fourth stew then you have junior stews wow like depending on the size of the boat or you could start off as a solo stew and if you're working on a smaller boat you're going to be a solo stew and so you're going to be the only one and you're responsible for everything and it's a whole bunch of work so it just depends on the size of boat how many crew you have um so i've worked you know on a team of 10 girls on the interior i've worked on teams uh i've never been a solo stew um because i haven't worked on smaller boats like that but i've worked on you know the the smallest i've worked on is teams of three but typically four four or five. So, yeah. Why Why did you want to get into yachting? Well, for me, it was just a natural progression. So I lived in Ireland before I started. Um, Dang! Yeah, and then it was a natural progression because I was looking for a way to work overseas um, and then not have the visa thing be an issue. So when you're on international waters, you don't need a visa. I did not know that! Yeah, so anyone can do it, and you can do it in any country. I know, like, obviously there's different things. So say if you're from South Africa or something, you need different visas to get into certain countries. So it, it varies depending on where you're from. But okay. you don't need a specific visa to work on a yacht. So you just need whatever traveling visa you need depending on where your country is, what country you're from. 
And then, so for me, that was super appealing. And then it was super appealing because it was like, you know, English is my first language. So I could speak English and um, not have to um, work in a country where I didn't know the language. So, um, you know, and then you're working in this really cool multicultural environment where you work with all of these different people from different cultures and different backgrounds. And I just loved it because it was just... For me, I love traveling and I love meeting people from different places and mixing those cultures. And um, yeah, it was just a, a great environment for me to be able to travel, make money. Um, and, you know, I, I was, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. So it was uh, natural for me to go into it. And if you like it, then you ah. may. But it can have its, its downsides too, right? So you're away from your family. Um, you know, you sleep in really small quarters, um, you have to share a cabin with people. So there's definitely downsides to it that you grow out of as you get older. But um, yeah, it's just, um, for me, it was, it always suited where I was at at the time. So it was always fun. <laughs> How old were you when you got started? Um, I was 24. And you were not scared going to overseas, living in a yard with a bunch of strangers and a bunch of guests that could come in anytime and hurt you? No, I mean, I worked on really good boats. So I worked on always like, you work on safe environments. There are some boats that are really bad out there. And I do caution people who do get into yachting, who join boats that are, you know, for me, I don't work on typically like party boats or boats that you know don't have um you can tell when the captain's safe or they're following protocol and you always want to work with somebody who's safe and who protects you and that starts with the captain too right so you don't work with captains who are going to put you in harm's way you work with captains who are really aware of the circumstances and have everyone's back and they their primary focus is the safety of the crew and guests so i don't know i just always have worked on boats where it's been a very safe environment. When you refer to party boats, are you referring to those in Croatia for Yacht Week? Oh, no, I'm just referring to boats that um, the owners might um, party quite a bit. And then they'll, you know, bring on guests that party quite a lot. And sometimes it can be in an environment that's, um, you know, not maybe the safest. Um, and things have happened in yachting that... Um, be dangerous so you know there's uh stuff with women working alone on a boat not a not alone but you know being in um positions of uh having less power than the guests yeah and, you know sexual assault things like that that does happen in the industry and i'm <laughs> sorry to go to that dark place but it uh definitely can happen and you have to be aware of those things when you enter into it and um be mindful of those things and just i just don't work on boats or i never have and I've been lucky enough that if I felt that uh, it was unsafe circumstances, I have left because I just won't put myself in that position. And a lot of um, some concern comes from the yachting industry in terms of the fact that there aren't, um, you know, there's not necessarily uh, human resources departments. Yes. Um, so it's just, and then you're in foreign countries and, you know, it's those, those things are definitely factors and, um, your safety is paramount and it is definitely important to be aware of the circumstances you're getting into and talk to people who have experienced it and um, make sure that you're always safe. And there's also things like even, um, you know, the safety on deck or inside or um, um, crew members have died before at sea. Um, crew members have died 
um, performing daily tasks on boats or being drunk and falling off the boat and going like drowning. So there are just things that you really want to be aware of because it is a, it's an environment that can have safety concerns and you just want to be cautious of those things. What are some of the situations that make you feel uncomfortable? And how do you navigate around that? Um, I would say being put in a, a position, like I mentioned, about... Um, so there's a, a, dyna- a dynamic, I guess, with um, yacht owners or charter guests sometimes where, uh-huh. you know, whatever they want, they can get. Yeah. And I think as women, especially, uh, and I don't want to stereotype that, but typically women are serving the guests and, um, you know, you can be put in positions like late night where um, the guests, you know, might make a pass at you or um, say inappropriate things that are uncomfortable and uh, it's just, uh, there's, there can be a power dynamic that um, exists within that structure that, um, you know, a lot of people don't feel comfortable, um, you know, voicing um, their discomfort or, you know, speaking to the captain and saying, I feel uncomfortable, or there's mm-hmm. just people that aren't around to help protect you in those circumstances. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, yeah, it's just, uh, it can, it, like any other environment in the world where you can be put in a position of um, power dynamics, you just, uh, you want to make sure, again, I'll reiterate, you want to make sure you're working in a safe environment where people have your back. So that's always important. Do you have somebody to talk to when you're going through emotional moments uh, while you are working on a boat? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I mean, okay. I have... Yeah, I, ha- I personally have a wonderful supportive family and I have wonderful supportive friends who have always been there. But um, yeah, I think just generally speaking, like in terms of mental health, sometimes you go through things where you're exhausted, um, you're working such crazy hours and you're so tired and you just want um, you know, somebody to vent to you or you just feel like crying. Like honestly, yeah. you become so emotional. And I think people that watch Below Deck are always like, why does everyone cry so much? And it's like you're working such long hours and it's honestly like you always come secondary to the guests. So your needs are definitely secondary to the guests and that's just kind of the way it is. And sometimes that feels shitty because we obviously always, you know, should be putting ourselves first in life in general because we're taking care of ourselves as adults. Um, But in those circumstances, uh, yeah, you come secondary and so it's nice to have somebody to talk to. But you also have like, I mean, I work with wonderful crew and we're all friends and we all have each other's backs. And, you know, I, I generally have felt in my years of yachting that I have people that um, I, will support me and I'll support them. And uh, we always have each other's backs and it's just been a very good environment. So, yeah. What is the most wonderful living accommod- accommodation that was provided to the crew from the, from the boat? You mean on the boat or off? I, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, on the, on, on the boats because it's always so small. Oh, yeah. Well, I've definitely had my own cabin before, so that's always the best. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when I have worked on other boats, um, I don't know, sometimes when you just have a really good roommate, and it's quite fun. Like, actually, I was talking to one of my friends. Her name's Fairy, and we worked together on that 300-foot boat I was talking about, and she and I shared a cabin, and we just got along so well because um, – 
yeah, she just had a very similar personality to me and we just got along really well. So for me, those are the best accommodations when you have mm. a roommate who's like your little sister or your sister and you just get along so well and it's really nice. Are all the boats that small, the sleeping arrangements for the crew? Um, yeah, they're pretty small, typically. <laughs> I know. Actually, one, one of the best two years ago, I worked on a boat and um, for the majority of the time that I worked on there, I got to sleep in a guest cabin. Um, with my boyfriend at the time, so that was pretty good. <laughs> I can't imagine that sleeping accommodation being relaxing, though. It almost feels like it's not comfortable. It's not. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so you don't have enough. What's the worst part? Oh, just like sharing a cabin with somebody because I, I mean, I'm a super light sleeper too. So if it's like anyone comes in or out, you're like, ah. And um, yeah, I just like cover my head with a blanket and just hide out. So that's what works best for me. <laughs> By the way, I saw that you actually fell for uh, Captain Glenn's prank post on Instagram that he's dating I Sydney said. from. Are you serious? I was like, it's so what? clearly it was a joke. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I haven't watched any of that season, so I have no idea. And I was like, I don't know. Fodek's gotten weird. Things are happening. Who knows? Is Captain Glenn seriously that lovable, or is it just how he portrayed himself on TV? No, he's really nice. He's such a nice guy. Um, we talk often as well, and he's a very genuine human being, so he's pretty nice. Is he married? Uh, no. Oh, he's single. Single and ready to mingle. No, I don't think he's single. Oh, okay. Why, why are you interested in Captain Glenn? <laughs> I interviewed a bunch of reality stars who think Captain Glenn is very attractive. Oh, and really? they are Yes, and they are one woman in particular in her 20s. She is 25, oh. and she is really into Captain Glenn. All she dates are, like, uh, men in their 60s. So I don't think Captain Glenn is that old, though. No, no, he's not. Well, I mean, he's a super nice guy, so... But, yeah, yeah he's uh, not single, as far as I know. Where is Captain Glenn right now? Is he also based in the United States in Florida? No, I think he's oh. uh, somewhere in Europe, but I don't really know. Oh, I see. We all move around as yachties, so who knows where anyone is at any given time. Would you consider working with Captain Glenn again? Oh, of course. Yeah, Captain Glenn's awesome. I would always work with Glenn. What? And he's a safe captain, so that's good. Yeah, he's a safe captain. What were you, were you shocked when you found out that Paget and Sierra broke up? Yeah, I was actually. I mean, because I'm friends with both of them too. I saw Paget when I was in Newport as well, and um, I was surprised. Um, it was just, you know, they're, they're two of my friends, and uh, it's always like, oh, no. But um, they're both really happy, and they're both um, super uh, amicable towards each other. So it was uh, anything you could hope of from a breakup. I don't know if Sierra is dating anyone new, but I thought I saw on Instagram stories that Paget is dating someone new, but I might be wrong. Yeah, he was on my Instagram story with his girlfriend that I met. <laughs> oh, I see. So it was your Instagram story. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I met his girlfriend. She's super nice. How, what, uh, what do you think led to your breakup with Adam? How 
for for people who are who are younger and in in a relationship, how did you know that that a relationship is beyond saving? Okay, this is great. Actually, I like this question, but I'm gonna try to like keep it just uh, central, not necessarily yeah. to do with Adam. Ah. I will say so. Typically speaking, um, and I have a lot of comments on this, but um, I definitely have been in a relationship in the past that um, was very hurtful to me, huh. and um, I think you know we all have trauma from our childhoods that sometimes um, impacts our future choices and relationships. And uh, I think it's definitely um, a common theme sometimes to pick some familiar patterns from maybe what uh, happens in your childhood, um, what happens with your parents. And, uh, you know, those trauma bond relationships are something that happens again. And we uh, sometimes are drawn to that chaos um, and that dynamic because it seems familiar and comfortable to us. And um, it took me quite a while, I think, and, um, you know, therapy to figure out um, and a lot of self-work and self-love and all that kind of stuff to figure out, um, hey, these are really unhealthy habits for me. Um, it, I do not like conflict. I don't like, um, you know, the stress I feel when uh, I'm in a relationship that's tumultuous or yeah. where it's controlling or where the person, you know, is jealous or creates arguments. I really like, um, I really uh, value and seek to have um, a nice, calm life for myself. And I do that pretty well independently. So I only allow people really now to come into my life that are going to provide the same type of environment that I create for myself. Um, so that being a healthy one, you know, where we can communicate effectively, where there's no name calling, you know, there's nothing... Um, nothing tumultuous because I just I just think life is so short and I really value my time and uh so I really only um put myself around people who have the same values as I do um and try to avoid those kind of tumultuous situations in life in general not just in relationships how did you discover that you had a pattern of trauma bond um you know, just looking at all of my relationships. Gotcha. I've had some I've definitely had some healthy relationships as well. But I definitely I, I think it was um, you know, talking to one of my friends, I remember um her saying, like, you know, you, you seem to be really addicted to and I don't really like using that word addicted to um the chaos, but it is like um I think it's a good um point to say, you know, you do seem to be comfortable in chaos or it seems to be something that you're attracted to and I don't even like using those terms but I just think that's just the repetition of an unhealthy pattern so it's just recognizing that and then saying you know what I really don't like that and I've had um, you know some boyfriends say like I create drama or I'm a drama creator or I enjoy those kinds of things and I the truth is I really don't and it was me being like I really don't and I don't actually think I do cause those things I'm actually a pretty low-key person and um, really and truly and I know that people um, saw a side of me that some people understood and some people didn't but I, I really just I don't like drama I really like um, really I, I really value kindness I really value um, mutual respect just in all circumstances of life um, for really anyone, whether it's my partner or friend, family member. 
So yeah, it's just um, about recognizing that and realizing what I want out of life and whether, you know, if that means I'm going to be alone opposed to being in a relationship that's really um, not of any value to me if it's tumultuous or, um, you know, I'll throw out the word abusive if it's, you know, um, you're calling each other names or you're... um, you know, creating fights for no reasons, anything like that, I just don't want anything to do with. And I, and I really never have. I just uh, somehow at certain points in my life felt like maybe this is all there is because these are the only type of people that I'm meeting. And I think there are a lot of people that are like that. And, um, but I will tell you there are people that aren't. <laughs> you just have to, I think, value yourself. And, um, you know, once you start valuing yourself and really identifying what you want out of life, um, you're going to attract the same kind of partner and hopefully you know you identify those values as being positive values so you're going to attract a positive person what are some of your boundaries and how do you how do you communicate your boundaries to your special person to your partner so i i would say i mean i don't even really need to put those boundaries in place if i'm with the right person because gotcha I'm not really with people that I need to set boundaries with. So, because um, I just don't stand for that. So, if somebody treats me disrespectfully, or let's just say on a small level, let's say if somebody hurt my feelings or something huh. impacted me in a negative way, um, I just use my ways of communicating by saying, you know what, that actually really hurts my feelings. And then this is why, this is where this comes from. Um, so, and then usually if I'm around the right people, they might say, you know, I, I'm sorry I didn't recognize I was doing that. This is why I might have been doing that. And then that's the end of the conversation. And then we both move on in mutual respect. And then it's um, done and tested. So, again, I just don't really hang out with people that are like that. And if um, if a person, let's say, puts um, something on me that's their own issue, um, I would typically say something like, um, you know, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. The... Um, you know, that wasn't my intention in doing that or saying that, um, but I am sorry that you felt that way. And, um, you know, if I respect that person or I want them in my life, then I would um, try to validate where they're coming from and everyone has their own things. Um, And nobody's going to be perfect, but again, I enjoy enjoy spending time by myself. I can really, I can be by myself. So I don't need to be around people that um, bring negativity into my life. And when there are people that do that, um, I usually just tend to, um, well, yeah, here's another point is uh, here's the thing. Uh, say this is where sometimes boundaries can come up, right? So sometimes okay. somebody might might do something that does push a boundary or make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, and I'm not responsible for that, but I can say, hey, this is uncomfortable. And let's say if the person responds in a way that they're like, well, no, you made me do that because that's, that would be an unhealthy response, right? So yeah. Those are the people that I steer clear of. If those uh, I'm not going to be around uh, that person. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is such good advice. That is such good advice. That's the red flex too, and that's including right. friends, not just oh, necessarily yeah. romantic relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it's just better to steer clear of the red flags as soon as you see them, right? So you're just not. I just I don't tolerate it anymore for any length of time. It is. Um, hey, you know what? I and you look into yourself and you say this person is making me feel uncomfortable. Why are they making me feel uncomfortable? Is it because I'm nervous? Is it because, you know, they are really Um, affecting me and they're not, you know, are they emotionally um, mature enough to... Writing that down. In a way that, yeah. 
you want somebody who's emotionally mature enough. And I think um, I've done a lot of research into emotional intelligence uh-huh. and um, that stuff is very important. And uh, you want somebody who's emotionally intelligent enough not to be on the defense. So if you say something where you say, hey, this made me feel uncomfortable, an immature or an emotionally, um, or somebody who's not emotionally intelligent may respond with, no, I didn't do that. Or, you know, you made me do that. Or they'll put blame on you mm-hmm. and instead of taking accountability and you want somebody you don't want somebody who's going to constantly say i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that you want them to, to validate your feelings because yes. we all want to validate our own feelings. Yes. we all want to validate each other's feelings and you just say hey you know what i didn't mean to make you feel that way i'm sorry um i'll work on that or you know and i have to say the same things too so that's my emotional maturity comes into it where i'm not going to always please people or i'm going to maybe say things that might upset people and we're all capable of doing that even good people but it's how you respond to those things and how you learn and grow. And that, you know, I make a conscious effort never to be, like, name-calling. I don't name-call people. I don't say things like, you made me do this or, um, you know, you're a piece of shit. You just don't talk like that. That's a person who doesn't have um, capabilities of communicating effectively, and it's not going to go anywhere. And anyone who I engage with on that level... I don't engage with anymore. I don't work with people like that. I don't have friends like that. I don't have partners like that. Um, and yeah, I just, I think I have a pretty healthy life as a result of nixing people like that from my life. Very, very, very good advice. I wrote down, why is that person making me feel anxiety? Why is this, ma- why is this person making me feel insecure? Those are very good advice. Yeah, and they're not necessarily making you do that. You're, it's your interpretation, but it's also, yes. you know, if, if they're doing things that are making you feel... It, triggering. Like, Maybe triggering yeah. is a better word. Why is this person triggering me? Yeah, and if, and if it is, like, you can evaluate that and say, they're triggering me because they're saying things that are, you know, hurtful. And it might be coming from a place... Let's use an example. I'm just going to say, okay. let's just say I dated a guy who was constantly jealous. And okay. then that person says to me all the time, well, how come you're, who are you messaging now? Who's that? Who, what did you do with him? Yeah. Really, I haven't done anything at all, and I'm not doing anything at all, and I'm a trustworthy person, but they're constantly putting their insecurities on me, and I can't do anything to change that person's perception of what I do, then that's uh, a wasted, uh, you know, that's not going to work for me. Because it's, I'm never going to be able to convince them that I'm a trustworthy person. They haven't gotten to the point where they are able to trust somebody. And it's, that's a red flag because you can talk about it. You can say, hey, you know what? I'm a really trustworthy person. If you don't stop kind of inflicting those values on me or your insecurities on me, it's not going to work. And then they still yeah. don't adjust to that. Yeah. And it's better to leave it in the water. <laughs> Which Bravo housewife would you like to have on board? I don't know if you've seen any of the Bravo housewives show. I, I honestly haven't. I don't know one thing. About <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will skip that. Who's your favorite charter guest? That, oh, that has ever been on? Um, oh my gosh. I don't know because I don't really know. I don't remember people's names all the time. I'm so terrible. Um... There were quite a few. There was one on the sailing season that we did, um, and I, I'm terrible. I'm going to forget her name. No worries. You don't have to remember the name. It was the one with the baby, and she was the grandma to the baby, and um, she was so, so nice and lovely. She just was, like, a really kind person, but I can't remember her name. I'm terrible. 
Do you get nervous when you have small babies on board? Well, that's never happened before. But um, no, I actually used to be also a, I um, did foster care as well. For wow. Yeah. So um, I've been around babies quite a bit. <laughs> Do you watch any of the Bravo franchise shows at all? Because I was about to ask you uh, if there's any particular Bravo cast that you would like to have on board. No, I'm so terrible. I mean, no, I'm- it's okay. No, I've watched a lot of Below Deck, but not a lot of the other shows. I just honestly, I've been on yachts for so many years that uh, I don't watch TV. I guess. Yeah, how did you get on Below Deck? How did you even know about this show? Is it popular in the yachting community? Yeah, well, oh, it is. It's popular. I oh. think people like watch it and they're like cringing about it because it's not necessarily indicative of actual yachting. Sorry, Bravo, but it's not. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say, uh, or sorry, what happened was I was in Italy on a boat and they contacted me and um, yeah, on Instagram. I don't know how other people do it, but yeah, they contacted me and said, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, that would sound super fun. Uh, I was super stoked about it because I thought, I just thought it would be super fun and it was. Like, I really enjoyed it. I knew it was the villain, but... <laughs> Were there any tense moments that we did not see on TV? Yes. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff between uh, Adam and I that came up that they didn't show necessarily. There was a lot of stuff, like just, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think Adam just uh, basically got, uh, uh, I think you get really concerned about what you're going to look like on TV and how you're going to come across. And sometimes that actually alters your regular personality because you become so nervous about how you might be represented. And he had done the show before, so he had those fears, I think. And, um, you know, then as a result, sometimes it just it just kind of puts you... I just, I mean, not everyone is geared to be on TV in that um, facet where you really don't know how you might be portrayed or how something's going to be across, come across. Yeah. And so you get really nervous about, you know, he, have, him having done that. Like I had no idea, obviously, because I had never done it. So I was going in blind and I wasn't really thinking about it. But he um, was nervous about how he might be presented. And I think he didn't want to be, you know, look like an idiot or look like he had been um, uh, left by me or anything like that because of what had happened with Malia in the past and all that kind of stuff. So I think. You just become hypersensitive of what you're going to be presented like. And I think that was, yeah, that's a, that's a valid reason. And I understand um, where he's coming from on that because nobody really wants their character assassinated on TV, right? How is it like rewatching a season and relieving it all over again? How many times have you rewatched your season? Yeah, I only watched it once. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting because it's, you know, some things are cut out and Mm -hmm. are um, not exactly the way you remember them happening. And, um, you know, so I would, I would just say too, like a lot of what I came across, like, like I, it it baffles me because when sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, you're so mean, or you seem like such a mean person. It's just so confusing for me because I know that I'm not that way, but I, I also, I think people didn't get maybe the dry sense of humor that I had because it comes across as I'm being serious. I never was, but it doesn't show me like laughing after. And I was talking um, 
recently about how sometimes I can be misinterpreted just generally in my life because um, I don't know because I am I don't know maybe I I, I have a very dry delivery and uh, yeah sometimes people um, misinterpret that and uh, it's too bad because I never mean anyone harm or anything like that but um, yeah it happens <laughs> do you think the crew treated you unfairly um well no like I got along with everyone in the crew um apart from uh you know I still like Parker Parker was a good guy um it was really just Madison that I didn't get along with and um uh yeah so I mean everyone else I got along with so it, it I don't know if it showed that or not but um like I'm I'm friends with everyone apart from Madison I think Georgia had her feelings about me too just because of the Madison thing but um yeah it was really just Madison and um you know Madison's just a very different person than I am and yeah it was just that dynamic was created for a reason because of watch and um just the way it goes would you have changed anything in your season um no I mean you can't look back on it that way I think I think to be honest um if I was really looking forward to the road trip with Adam afterwards. Um, I likely, you know, in retrospect, um, if I were to, if I had gone back now, um, I wouldn't have continued the relationship because uh, I would have wanted to represent who I am as a person on TV and the fact that I don't kind of stand for um, that kind of tumultuous circumstance. And it just, uh, and I'm not blaming him um I, i'm just saying the two of us together wasn't a good match and i just would have left earlier but for me too i felt a concern that um i just was like i just want to get through the tv thing and then see what he's like in real life and that was really important. oh and i and i wanted to give him a chance outside of the tv realm of things um but yeah we just we just weren't suited to each other and uh you know, I, I don't think that he's a bad person. Um, I've always maintained that. He's really not. I just think uh, TV can, um, you know, present you in a way at times. And uh, it can also make you react to certain things in a way because, like I said, you're nervous about what you're going to be portrayed like. And, uh, you know, it's really like it's your character and it's who you are as a human. Mm -hmm. nobody, wants, nobody wants that questioned on any level. And we all want to be seen as, you know, a good person or somebody who's smart or um, kind or whatever you want to be seen as. Nobody wants to be seen as a piece of shit or, you know, um, a villain or an asshole or whatever it is. So, um, you know, we, we all have those egos that we're trying to protect and uh, that's fair. Yeah, a lot of people who watches reality TV sometimes don't realize that you really sign away all the editing. They can take what you say last week or two episodes ago that has nothing to do with this episode and just yeah. slap it on screen so it looks like you said something but for that scene that it's not, it's from a different reaction that you have from a different situation. Yeah, and it's frustrating when people, you know, people do send me messages and stuff like, oh my gosh, you were so mean you did this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even do that. But, um, and you can't really, like, it's just, there's no point in defending yourself. Um, and, you know, people have said to me in my life, like, oh, you just have to let it go. And I understand that, but it is like, it still bothers you. Like, cause we all are human. We all have those egos that we want to protect and we can be delicate. And, um, you know, again, just nobody wants to be seen as a villain. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, not, you know. <laughs> speaking of uh, villain and speaking of editing and not editing, I do recommend you watch the latest season of Below Deck Sailing Yacht Season 2 only because, and I'm going to give you a, 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 a spoiler. Sorry, any, every, any, anyone that's listening to this. One of the crew members got the, another crew member pregnant. Did you know about yeah, this? I actually do. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, okay, okay. I, I talk to Danny sometimes, and she's quite nice. So, oh, okay. Yes, I did know about that. But it's like, you know what? What I would have to say about that is, like, this is um, real life. And yes. there's a baby involved. This is crazy. I don't know. I just, you know, these are the things that I was suggesting that I try to steer clear of. You I'm so glad you did. I'm out of, like, uh... Could it have been you, Mary? <laughs> no, it would not have been me, because I'm infertile, but... Oh, okay, sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, but, no, I just, uh, yeah, I just, uh... I, I don't know, I just, like... What was your reaction when you heard that drama? You're like, are you serious? Oh, man. Yeah, basically, it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> but, um, that baby's really cute, and I don't know, I guess, uh... Whatever. Which do you prefer when working with a stew? Someone that is a slow learner or someone that has an attitude? <laughs> someone that has an attitude. Oh my gosh, I really can't handle attitudes. I really don't like it. So for Me sure, too. If a slow learner, I'd rather. Gosh, I just, I really, I don't have a tolerance for anyone who's like, you know, uh, or like, like trash talks or such shit. And, um, yeah, I just like, again, I just like, um, well-intentioned kind people. Craziest, craziest hookup spot in the boat. (laughs) The master cabin. (laughs) Most ridiculous requests from a client. Um, I haven't had that many, actually, that were ridiculous. Oh, maybe just like washing, um, every fruit and veggie with um dawn dish soap wow but i understand that scariest most dangerous experience in a charter um uh i don't know i haven't really had that many dangerous experiences i don't work on these types of boats so i guess Mm -hmm. just being in a situation where it could have been um you know uh somebody makes a pass at you that is uh could go um, how do I say this? What trick you learned as you adjusted to being filmed 24 seven? Um, I don't know about tricks, but I guess just like forgetting that the camera exists, you just don't think about it anymore. Um, yeah. Know. How long did it take for you, t- for you to not care at all? Honestly, I felt so much anxiety. Like the first moments of walking up to the boat, I was like, Ugh! probably like, um, I don't know. A couple hours later, I was like, this is just really fun, and I enjoyed it, and it was just fun, like, the whole time. I felt like, I honestly felt, I could describe it as, like, an adrenaline rush for six weeks. Like, it, to me, was like, this is so much fun. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it was cool adrenaline. What is the worst thing you have seen a charter guest do? People are really gross with, like, shitting everywhere. <laughs> what do you mean? They don't just shit in the toilet bowl? No, sometimes people have, like, Food on the carpet or like on purpose or what's the deal on drugs or just they want to do it because they want to see people clean it 
Um, yeah, I think that's a mixture of all of those things. It could be. There's just weird. People are just like, I don't know. Rich people can be really weird sometimes. But don't they know? They know who chartered a boat. They seem to not care. They seem to not care. Okay. Maybe where the drug use part comes in. <laughs> mm, you haven't found any drug use, right? Have you? Nope. Okay, a few more questions. Here. What crew behavior annoys you? Um, probably the attitude thing. Um, hmm. you, you really have to be my best um, advice to any crew member. And this is any boat that you work on. Like, you really have to be, um, you kind of have to wake up every day and be, like, happy and ready to go. And there's wow. not a lot of, you do. I don't know if I can do that. That's the hard part. And honestly, yeah. true, like, I, I don't know how much longer I can do it. Because it is, like, um, no, you have to, you have to, you have to put aside your negative feelings because, um, and I know below deck's pretty dramatic, but in regular yachting, you don't, there's no space for that because you have to realize how much you impact other people. And if I'm in a negative mood, how much I am, I'm affecting other people's day. And that's a really selfish thing to do. And so you just kind of have to be, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so you just kind of have to be, uh, really pleasant and, like, polite to people, um, you avoid kind of political conversations, you avoid religious conversations, you, um, you know, you're just kind to people, and that's kind of the best way to do it, and when people come in and they're moody, like, they wake up and they're in a mood, I cannot stand it, it's just, like, because it puts me in a bad mood and I'm really affected by things like that so i try to be like happy and positive most of the time and if somebody is negative then i just try to steer clear of them but like it's hard to do when you're on a boat right so hey how come you never thought of being an air stewardess before because i hate flying oh gotcha i hate it but how is that better than than sailing on the sea though don't you walk back and forth you don't get seasick I, but I hate flying because I'm claustrophobic, so that's why I feel that way. Uh, I prefer flying because I can't swim. So I can't, oh, I don't even know, well, yeah, I don't even know how to float. So that's here. very scary to me. Oh, yeah, super scary. What was your last Google search? Oh, well, I don't know. Let me look at my phone here. And then I'll have to decide if I can tell you. <laughs> Probably lyrics to a song. Uh... I was looking at the vessel in New York. The vessel? Oh, yeah. so wait, I did not know that New York has a lot of yachting. Yeah, there's a... Port. Yeah. Is it at Chelsea Pierce? Yeah, I think that's one of the main spots. I have never been to New York on um, a yacht, so I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited. So what like, is the most interesting message you ever receive on a DM? Um, there's a lot of people that ask for foot pictures. Really? Hey, you can make money on that. 100. Everyone's like, only fans, feet, only foot fans. All right, that's all I got today. And I made it four minutes before uh, our end time too. And thank you so much. You really made my day. Really, really, really. Thank you so much for answering all these really questions. I'm sorry it took me so long. I was uh, sailing around and busy. No, no, no. I understand. You have a real job. And you actually oh. have... You're, I'm very envious of your lifestyle, but I also know there's a lot of uh, cons of it, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
All right, what are you going to do now after this? Uh, I'm going to be working online, doing some work that I've been doing. So, yeah, getting to work. <laughs> okay. All right, bye. Thanks again. Bye, this was really fun. Uh, well, hey, look at all my notes that I jotted down from your advice. Woo! I don't know if you can see it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, well, bye. Bye, Bernadette. Thanks for having me. <laughs>